two, three, four. You're listening to Felony Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is DJ Dick Hennessy taking over the Felony Podcast, Felony Incorporated Podcast tonight. Uh, how you guys doing tonight? And I'm Alon. I'm going to be uh, filling in and filling in time. Dick and I are going to uh, give you a solid 40 minutes of a uh, conversation and inspiration today. Yeah, yeah we're going to do a little back and forth. So you just finished up a bunch of stuff, obviously, oh, with your incredible endeavors. Uh, give us the lowdown, if you don't mind. <laughs> so last night, I just wrapped up the uh, fifth annual Strip Club Haunted House, which you were a part of. And I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for coming. Um, on top of that, I'm juggling Miss Exotic Oregon right now, which is one of the biggest events I do every year. And on top of that, I'm juggling my birthday party, which is tonight at Club Sinrock, if you guys are listening, uh, 122nd of Gleason. I'm turning 40. I'm getting up there, and uh, I really need a little <laughs> relaxation. I got that tonight, and then I got Miss Exotic Oregon tomorrow night at uh, Expose, and I'm just still working. Now, the Miss Exotic Oregon, is that one night only, or is that a Take a couple nights to get through. Oh, man, it's months. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, this is uh, round five, <laughs> and uh, I'm just trying to get through it. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So yeah. are you a judge as well? No, no, no. I, just... I host, I promote, and uh, just coordinate everything. Right on. Yeah. That's cool. And how long has that one been going on, did you say? Uh, it's It started last month, uh, the beginning of October. I mean, it's this, how, how many years? Oh, years? Five. Uh... Prior to being Miss Exotic Oregon, it was Miss Nude Oregon, uh-huh. and then there was a little controversy with that, and uh, Exotic Magazine kind of absorbed everything, and now it's Miss Exotic Oregon. So I think since that's happened, I want to say seven years? Oh, yeah. That's a, like that's that. a long run. Yeah, mm-hmm. seven or eight years it's been Miss Exotic Oregon. And, I mean, it's, it's the biggest event of the year. You know, uh, girls compete. Uh, for five thousand dollars in cash, three thousand in prizes, plus the cover and centerfold of Exotic Magazine in January, and uh, the finals. This is the big thing. You know, I do a ton of events. Uh, the finals for this are at Dante's, which is the Key Portland Weird Building. For mm-hmm. You guys that don't know, and it's on Black Friday, the day after uh, uh, Thanksgiving, November 29th. And it's it's huge. It's massive. A ton of people show up. These girls really bring their A game, and it's incredible performances. And I do a lot of events all the time, strip club events, if you guys know me. And some girls bring their A game you know, to the finals of my events. But at Dante's, everyone brings their A game, and it's an incredible performance, and unlike anything else. Well, how does it work when it's at Dante's, I mean, as compared to a, uh, a traditional strip club? Well, that, that's the beautiful thing is um, Dante's is a regular club, and so it's a music venue. It's unlike any other venue that I do events at. Basically, there's a you know it's a, it's a regular music kind of stage venue, and it's not like a strip club stage. It's a regular stage, and then we put a pull up in the middle, and um, 
everyone can kind of see what's going on, and it, it, it kind of just sets the groundwork for incredible performances. Can they do full nudity there? Yeah, yeah. For, not, for our events, that's right, the one I'm time. not really sure how the law works. Get, or, yeah. You know, there's a big event that goes on every Sunday, uh, which is called Sinferno at Dante's, and it's awesome. And it's been going on for a long um, time. Forever, yeah, everyone. It, it, it took me a while to go to Sinferno because I worked every Sunday night DJing for like 10 years. But when I got off, I checked it out, and sure enough, it was uh, incredible. And um, we kind of take a little bit of that. But at Sinferno, very, very rarely, if ever, do girls get fully naked. But at Miss Exotic Oregon, I mean, essentially Miss Nude Oregon, it's the only time you get to see fully new women competing in really the most professional state they could possibly be competing in and at Dante's. And that's awesome. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I didn't know that you could do that. So do you it's kind can, of a little... you have... Nudi- full nudity anywhere in Oregon, or do you have? To, is it along with a liquor license? Or I, th- I, I, I honestly, uh, as as I interpret the law, it's perfectly fine. It's artistic expression to to be fully nude at any club, and I mean, you know, we see that with the naked bike ride, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's perfectly fine to be naked uh, as far as long as you're a woman. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, at Dante's, typically it's not, uh, they're not into it, you know, full nudity. They're kind of against it. But when we do the strip club events, which is uh, Miss Exotic Oregon, Polarotica, Ink and Pink, we get a pass that night. So. Well, and you all are bringing the dollars too, I'm sure. Oh, most certainly. Yeah. <laughs> right Absolutely on. bringing the dollar. Cool. So that's, uh, you got a lot going on, as usual, it sounds like. And then uh, these these things are done, and you just keep moving on. Yeah. So another event in the you have like a February event, a winter <laughs> event, or you know, quarterly. That's, that's the craziest thing about my career right now is that uh, um, I'm like a year out. So right now, uh, you know, we have Miss Exotic Oregon. I'm right in the thick of it right now, but I have Pirates of the Caribbean locked and loaded for January. Oh, I have girls ready to go. And after that, I have the next event, and I have the next event, and I have the next event. And so I'm, I'm at the point in my career where I have everything, you know, it's predictable, and it's set up, and it's ready to go. And it, it allows me to sign up girls way earlier. It allows me to get my promotions uh, taken care of way earlier. And it allows me to make everything much more successful way earlier, which makes me feel better in terms of I've been doing this for years, so it's it's comforting to know oh, these clubs are signed up for this. I have everything locked in for that. These girls are going to do this, and it's not a problem. Have you ever done a charity event? I, I have. <laughs> I've done. A, I, I remember the. I think it was the second annual Best Breast of the West contest at Stars Beaverton before it shut down. Uh, we donated a bunch of money to charity for um, Susan uh, G. Coleman. Oh, right on. And. Um, I've done a couple of other things as well. And I, I, honestly, I would like to do more charity events, but I just feel like uh, it's just it's, it's tough. You know, a lot of people don't, and charity organizations don't really want to kind of taint themselves with dealing with the adult industry things. Right. I, so, I was going to, that was going to be something I brought up that kind of makes sense. I mean, they, yeah, they all love money for sure. Right, they, sure. They, they love to receive money, of course. You know, every charity, you know, it, that's in their best interest. But, when you bring up strip club things and when you bring up Dick Hennessy or the Vagina Mobile, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of 50-50 on that. You know, they want to be involved with it, even though it is providing money to them. 
I mean, I guess you could just give them the money without promoting that you're giving it to them. But people that are coming to be charitable want to know what their money is going to. Exactly. Right. And then how do you set up your business? I mean, are you... Are you a sole proprietor? Do you have LLC? What's up? Yeah, I'm a sole proprietor, and uh, I, you know, I'm the owner of Dick Hennessy Productions, and, um, and you know, I, I do all the strip club events, essentially like the major ones in the state of Oregon, and um, I have everything kind of in a cycle right now. I have a million different events, you know, whether it's Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Best Breast of the West, Miss TNA, Double Trouble. And then, uh, obviously, I'm working with Exotic Magazine, so I'm doing Miss Exotic Oregon, Polarotica, uh, Ink and Pink, which I know Mark really enjoys that one, the Tattoo Dancer Competition. And then, on top of that, I do a million parties and, and other little things on top of that, and I uh, do the Strip Club Haunted House, which I just wrapped up last night, thankfully. And Very. Then with your sole proprietorship, do you... Um do you have a CPA? Do you do your own accounting? Actually, my mom is a CPA. Yeah, she does all my accounting. Well, how convenient. Yeah, it does work out very nicely for me. <laughs> right on. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. Right? And then you were talking uh, before this about um, some current stuff that was going on. And uh, you had talked about one of your favorite actors that had recently passed away that had uh, some uh, prison yeah. stories on him as well. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know if he has too many prison stories. I got to kind of delve more into his history, but sure. Rest in peace, uh, Detroit John Witherspoon. He just uh, recently passed away a couple of days ago, and uh, I think a lot of us, whether we realize it or not, were extremely impacted by us by his uh, comedy and his um, his acting. He's been in a ton of stuff. Obviously, he was Pops in Friday and Friday After Next and Next Friday and. He was in a, a, a TV show, Black Jesus. Right now, this is airing, and um, you know I'm, I'm good friends with Slink Johnson, who's the star of the TV show, Black Jesus. And um, it was just, uh, it was a devastating loss. This is one of those things where it's an actor who everyone across the board is just like, man, you know, this was such a positive person and such a great person, and it's a tremendous loss to to everything. I think, you know. And, um, you know, it's tough. And uh, I've been kind of processing it and dealing with it. But uh, he left a really, really, uh, I mean, he's been involved since the 70s with Richard Pryor and Paul Mooney, who's another comedian that I worked with. And um, it's just, I mean, you never want to see it happen to someone like that. Like, he's never had a scandal. He's always been consistent. He's, uh, yeah. How old was he? He was seventy-seven. All right, so, so yeah, full I mean, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah it wasn't like. But still, it was. It was one of those actors you thought would live forever. Right. Know? Sure. Yeah, you could do no wrong. Right. Right. And you're a big movie fan. I'm kind of getting uh, a vibe. Incredibly, a big movie fan. Like all genres, or do you gravitate towards something in particular? I mean, anything that's good, I, I gravitate towards. Right. Sure. Yeah. But I think we all gravitate towards uh, Friday back in the '90s, and I think we all gravitate towards movies that are you know essentially in the fabric of pop culture. Right. So that's cool. Yeah. And, right on. And and John Witherspoon was most certainly part of that pop culture and part of that fabric. Cool, man. And so just out of curiosity, do you have a daily routine? Are you one of these daily <laughs> routine people or are you just like get up and mix it up? I, I, I do have a daily routine, unfortunately. Unfortunately? <laughs> yeah, is yeah. it a bad routine? No, is that no, what you're it's, it's not. Like, this is the thing. Uh, and I, I, I think I touched on this on my last podcast where I was interviewed, but. I yeah I wake up and uh, I I literally my focus is trying to improve the quality of life for everyone in Portland, especially people that are involved in the adult industry. 
But even if you're not, like I try to, I, I just sacrifice myself to make things better for everyone and, you know, spread money around, spread enjoyment around and just do what, you know, take, take things the direction I think that they need to be taken. And so, you know, let's say hypothetically, like today I woke up way early and I was working on the strip club haunted house. I wrapped it. I worked literally eight days in a row in the house. Prior to that, I worked like six days in a row doing construction and all the stressful stuff. I mean, everything is all stressful, but I wrapped it up, sealed it tight, completely successful with a bow on top. I literally sleep for two hours and then I wake up and I come here to do this podcast because, again, I want Portland to be as good as it could possibly be. And, uh, you know, I'll sacrifice everything for that. And um, essentially my daily, like tomorrow, you know, it's my birthday party tonight at Club Sin Rock. I'm turning 40, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quick, uh, quick plug for that. But literally... If it wasn't for that, if it was in the summertime, if it was in you know February, whenever it is, every day when I wake up, I have a bunch of work, I have a bunch of things lined up. I get up, I start text messaging, I make phone calls, emails, I research things, I'm contemplating things, I'm constantly working on things all the time, and it never stops. And the problem is, I you know I've been able to do, uh, I've been able to accomplish a really a great amount of things if you think about it from a objective standpoint but you don't realize like growth growth is the biggest thing so if i don't grow if my brand doesn't grow then i die and that is incredibly motivating for me and it's incredibly stressful because that's a lot of pressure because i don't have anyone's footsteps to follow in so <laughs> I, I literally just have to make it up as I go along and have to, you know, maybe this will work. Maybe this is right. Maybe that was wrong. You know, like I have no idea. I'm just pushing forward, pushing through and doing everything I can. Right on. And do you do any mindfulness stuff? Chill out meditation, vision board, where you want your business to go, creative visualization? I, I, I think a lot of what I do is, um, you know, I smoke a lot of weed and, um, I, a big thing for me personally, I don't know if this works for anyone else, but I write things down physically. So, I, we, you know, we all have the smartphones, but I literally have pieces of paper and a pen, and I write my calendar down on that. On that calendar, I write down things that I want to remember to do, things that I'm thinking about doing. And then every day I, I sit down when I wake up and look at that, and I cross those lists, I cross it off. I think about it, I elaborate on that, expand on that, and um, and that's how I'm here. That's how I'm here on Felony Incorporated Podcast. That's how I'm successful, in my opinion, personally. I think it's just making it real like that, like physically writing it down and looking at it and focusing on it. And, you know, I love... There were, you know, it was like what, like ten, fifteen years ago. The whole the secret thing was a big craze. You know, I don't know if you got if you remember that at all, but the secret, like know. the secret code to the, a better it, it life the or book. something. You know, you remember the book, the secret. It was all talking about if you project things, like essentially you are an antenna to the universe, and whatever you project into the universe is what you receive. So if you're like, okay, you know, I want to have a mansion one day, or if I want, I want to do this one day. If you just focus on it and you stay productive and you build on it, you will receive it because you will you you, you kind of create that magnetism with the universe. That's the whole thing about the secret. You know, it's funny. Uh, 
I'm trying to remember. It was uh, some talk show or something like that said uh, Donald Trump winning the election and becoming president was an example of when the secret goes, when the wrong person gets the hold of the secret, you know. And that's kind of how I look at things. Like, basically, there is, I mean, there's some, there's some validity to that. There's some truth to that. Like, if you focus on things every day and you want it bad enough, you know, the universe will provide it to you. If you stay focused and if you work hard and you do everything you can, like, inevitably, it will come to you. And essentially, that's how I look at things. Like, every day... I'm, I, I genuinely feel like I'm in the driver's seat for the adult industry in the state of Oregon, and um, this is the strip club copy of the United States, and I want to make it better. I feel like it's not where it needs to be. I feel like major markets that are beneath us, you know, not beneath us in terms of creativity, but beneath us in terms of just doing regular stuff, stereotypical things, um, could be doing better. And I want to lead by example, and I want to make more people kind of cognitive of what's going on and, and, and really just enjoy life. You know, this is, this is what, it's what it's all about, man, is we work hard, we dedicate our life to a certain uh, occupation and job, you know, we, and ultimately everyone just wants to have a good time. And we want to be around beautiful women, beautiful naked women, uh, beautiful people and you know people that inspire us and and i'm trying to create a kind of uh atmosphere for that and uh you know that's the best way i can put that and that's cool right yeah. on thank you yeah uh so let's just take a little quick break for a couple ads here and we are going to be right back at you cpa dudes where accounting is never boring the price is not based on time Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com slash startup radio to sign up or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you and you get a $150 credit. And we are back on the Felony Inc. podcast, Lon here um, with Dick Hennessy, DJ Dick Hennessy. Yeah. Um, so we were just talking about um, making the industry better. Yeah. You were chatting about that. Uh, what about unionization for uh, for um, for the performers and that kind of thing? Uh, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm kind of it's kind of a double edged sword, you know. In my opinion, um, one of the main things that we need to look at right now is California. Uh, essentially, they passed the law. Um, clubs are required to pay minimum wage to dancers. And uh, it's been going really, really horribly for them. <laughs> for, the, because for the dancers? Yeah. Now, are they getting like some something taken off? Yeah, from well, the... I mean, you know, like, these clubs put a, a ton of money into things and advertising and just operating costs. And they're, they're not going to lose that. They have to recap that. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to into schematics too much but essentially I feel like a lot of people especially in Oregon that are pushing for minimum wage for dancers are a lot of the dancers that 
aren't making that much money, you know? And they want a guaranteed, you know, living wage by dancing. And the problem with that is if you're not making money as a dancer, you're going to be the first one to go, you know, when clubs go to that format. And I, I don't think they really understand that completely, but, you know, teach their own. Uh, in California, it's going uh, very badly from what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing. Um, essentially, the money has to come from somewhere. These clubs aren't just going to be like, okay, well, let's just you know, designate $100,000 a year to paying dancers, and then we'll just have things operating as normal. No, they're taking a huge amount of money out of these dancers' private private dance money and this, this, and that. And um, I mean, it's an example of uh, just things going completely awry. I feel like the industry is set up and has been set up for decades in a way that benefits everyone, and to throw a spike in those gears is highly uh, a highly negative thing, in my personal opinion. Right. I but, mean, it's like, I get what you're saying. It's it's actually a really good idea. Like, if we, I would like to see everyone have health care through yeah. their work, you Absolutely. know, or however. But I guess when you're bouncing around to so many clubs, it's not like uh, dancers stay at one club only. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, I mean, sometimes there's always that exception of the dancer that's super loyal and working at this one club forever. But the thing is, how loyal is that one club? You know, right? At sure. one point, you know, every dancer has kind of a time limit on the their effectiveness and the amount of money they can make during their career before they're they're out of uh, touch with you know everything going on. And um, I just feel like everything in California right now that's going on. And if it goes to other states, I, I just feel like it's going to be just a complete uh, mess, in my opinion. And uh, it's a negative, and more than it is a positive. Right, sure. Yeah. And you've, now, you grew up in this area, is that correct? Yeah, I grew up in Portland. Did you ever live on the East Coast? No, no, I never did. I've been to the East Coast. You've, been, you've gone to the scene out there and gone to some clubs and see what no, it's like. No, I, I actually have never been to a strip club on the East Coast, but I, I know, I've done a lot of research on... Clubs in Atlanta, clubs in Miami, uh, Florida, New York even. Yeah, I lived in New York for a long time, so that's right. why I asked. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Rick's Cabaret. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a couple old ones. I remember old Times Square before it became Disney. Yeah, the Deuce. Um, man, it was so fun. Times Square was great. I mean, I just imagine. the best people watching you could imagine. Yeah. And I, I don't know, it felt safe enough to me. How, how old were you? Uh, I was eight, 19. When I when I went to Old Times Square, and it was like two years later that Giuliani uh, turned it into Disneyland. <laughs> but it was like Disneyland for adults before, which, needless to say, is a lot yeah. better, right? <laughs> Indeed. So now there's no reason to go to Times Square if you live in New York. That's horrible. Um, yeah, it's it's weird like that. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. You know, we're trying to push things in a positive direction, especially in the adult industry. But the thing is, these things have evolved over time, many many decades, and we kind of know what we're doing. You know, so. To throw something just completely outlandish up there, like, for instance, Giuliani switching up Times Square and making it, you know, family-friendly, you know, it's not necessarily the the best idea. And there could be a lot of negatives associated with that. It sounds good on paper, but ultimately, just like paying dancers minimum wage sounds good on paper, you know, but you have to look at the big picture of how that's accomplished and, and what really is going to occur. And what's really going to occur is a lot of dancers are going to be out of a job. And a lot of dancers are, that have a job are going to lose a lot of money that they shouldn't have to. And all, all because of nonsense, in my opinion. Right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. 
It's my perspective, but right, right, sure. Well, you I mean you've got you would be one to ask, I and mean, that's why I'm asking, right? So your perspective is a I, you know, yeah, I'm an expert in my field, but you there know. you go. And uh, what about music? So uh, do you yeah. do you miss do you, do you still DJ or you that's the past is past kind you know, of thing. <laughs> My birthday party is tonight at Club and Rock, um, 40th birthday party. And one of the things I always do at my birthday party is DJ a little bit. Oh, that's fun. Um, I DJ for over a decade. I love DJing to death. Um, I'll, I'll never stop loving DJing. It's just, it's in my blood and my genetics. But um, I, I, I just wish I could do it more often. Um, that's the, the good, the good news is I kind of I get to have longevity through my artist DJ Pussyfoot who will be DJing my birthday party tonight and also DJ Miss Exotic Oregon tomorrow night at Club Expose, but I think when you when you get into DJing and when you get into that vibe of playing music and get into that rhythm of people having a good time and just enjoying their evening because of you know kind of as a result of what you're playing and what you're doing, I mean there's nothing better than that. I mean that's a really great feeling. And I've spent years curating that and um, kind of fine-tuning the DJ approach. And the irony of it is the second I really, really, really had it down, then I'd stop DJing and start doing event promotions. So I wish more than anything I could DJ. I wish I could have a stable DJ position at a club, which I could. But I just it, it's not indicative of what I have going on right now. It would only hurt more than help my career right now right but, sure but it's still in me and i i love it more than anything and you know tonight's my birthday party and i i think i will have to dj a little bit oh, tonight, fun yeah just to get out my system sure now i've done a lot of djing as well really? so um i dj'd for years in tokyo as a job so uh i when i first moved to tokyo i got hired by a hotel to be the hotel dj and killer gig nice. i mean uh you know seven to eleven like real easy hours and then um you know we'll, we're talking tokyo so we're talking kaching money like uh. the real the real money <laughs> and uh so then i i quit that because you probably remember this there was a time like five years ago where everyone is a dj and it went from being like the specialized thing where like where now everyone was a dj and everyone's a photographer or whatever yeah. right but it kind of killed the scene a lot because um, then they were like, well, we're going to have DJs seven nights a week and we're going to pay them $70 yeah. each. And now you're just another DJ. Whereas I'm not DJing from a laptop. I came, moved there from New York as the DJ for the hotel, right? Yeah, I had no idea. So um, then I quit that and I got an even better job at a clothing store. So three to seven hours and 35 an hour and just... You got you can play those long fifteen minute um, fool's gold remixes that just go on because people are just walking around and shopping, yeah. and yeah, whole artistic freedom on that. Um, so so you that, got, that was great. You got hired to DJ at a clothing store in Tokyo. The clothing store had a ten million dollar black marble floor. It's that kind oh, of place. Okay. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, and. But there's a really uh, kind of messed up work culture. Even as the DJ in Tokyo, you're like worried about offending the boss and getting uh, and getting fired. You know, yeah, I'm sure I remember I was like three minutes late and they were like, we're going to dock your pay. And I was like, I'm the DJ. You know, the, <laughs> the store is still running without me yeah. and everything. Uh, but then I um, I'm a record producer. So I produced a big album right then. Wow. And I also composed uh, a song for the biggest uh, video game in the world, the theme song. 
So I checked out. I was like, all right, here's my chance. So what game was it? It's called a Pro Evolution Soccer. It's one of the soccer games. No shit. So it's you know, probably not the biggest in America, but worldwide, as far as console gaming, it's, it's yeah. huge. So um, on the uh, promo ad, Ronaldo was the... Uh, was the uh, model or spokesperson or whatever. So Ronaldo with my music blaring in the background. And, <laughs> and then I woke up and that song was on every big jumbotron around the world. Wow. And then I would walk into any electronic store and my song was playing. Oh, shit. Well, the bad part is they bought me out flat and didn't tell me I was going to be the theme song. So yeah. I got the same amount of money as everybody else and no royalties. Yeah. And, and the, so at first, you know, it's like, yeah, my song is everywhere. And then yeah. you're like, my song is everywhere. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. It takes a little of the edge off. <clears throat> it actually happened to my, my brother, a nonstop famous uh, platinum Grammy award winning producer. Uh, his dad is the basis for New Shoes, oh, legendary, yeah, sure. legendary group out of Portland, Gary Fontaine. And um, he, and that's, by you know, every stretch of the imagination is the most famous baseline known to man. Right, a baseline so famous that they just play just the baseline at NBA games to this day. Right, you know the dun dun. It's a dun, stomper. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they offered him a very lucrative buyout. Universal did back in the eighties, and he took it to get a new Jaguar and stuff, whatever back then, and um, he lost ton of money by doing that. You know they thought. And when you're in that moment, you think it's going to last forever. So, oh, man. No, I'll just sell the next so one. Quick. That's yeah, what yeah, I was just, like, too. Yeah, I'll just get another huge soccer video game uh, music deal. You know, it's just these are coming all over the place. You know, it's no big deal. But when you realize the magnitude and how hard that is to create that magic again, like, you look back on it and like, fuck. It's horrible. Or they just want the next yeah. new the next new composer kid on the block. They're like, oh, yeah. we used that person last yeah, year. Yeah. Then, then I, I submitted three songs. They didn't buy a single one of them. Uh, and of I course. felt so dissed because I was like, <laughs> you used my song as the theme song without telling me. Yeah. You didn't even give me acknowledgement. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'll give you another one right uh, now. Um, like, they were just as good, yeah. you know, so... <laughs> But it was funny. But uh, you should go over to Tokyo. It's a, it's a um, lot of fun. I'm I'm li- I, I love Tokyo. Obviously, anyone that knows me w- knows I do. I, I wear a ton of uh, bathing ape. Uh, I'm really into Tokyo culture. Um, me and actually Sling Johnson were talking about going uh, the star of Black Jesus, talking about going to Tokyo. And I think we still will. Um, but it's just a maritime. I have to, his schedule, my schedule. I, I really am going to go there. My dad's been there a bunch of times. It just sounds incredible. I can only imagine what it's like there. You've been, you live there. I lived there for yeah. about 10 years. Ten I'm going to go there at the end of uh, December. I speak Japanese and all that wow. stuff. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> uh, I did kind of have to escape the city. So I moved from New York city to a bigger city. Yeah. So from New York to Tokyo. Um, and it's uh, just, Japan's a little conservative for me. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, and yeah. just really regimented. Sometimes that's great, like uh, taking the subway in Japan. I didn't have a car for 20 years. It was the best thing ever. Like, you don't ever <laughs> have to think about what you're doing. You know, yeah. as long as yes. you can stumble to and from the train, you're good to go. Yeah, you're good. And they come on. I live like a minute from the train station. And if the train said it was going to be there at 727, I could leave at 725. And it would be there on like to the second it was awesome. I mean, that's where they invented the bullet train, right? Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the places. I think yeah. they, they actually had like had a a technology race uh, against them in Germany that kind of helped all that happen. But taking the train everywhere is just fantastic. It's something that America really lacks. Um, 
I mean, it's it's extremely efficient, and um, you know, I, I feel like here in America, when you take the train or you take the Max or whatever, you know, you, you're dealing with some shady characters the majority of the time, and and you kind of lose track of the the sight that it's. I mean, there's no traffic when you're on the Max. Totally, and that's an economic issue because yeah. in big cities, that's the equalizer, transportation. Yeah. So everybody takes the train. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you were so famous that you just don't want to show your face at all, but if you're a if you're a billionaire, you you're probably still going to take the train to work. <laughs> you know. Crazy. Yeah. So here, people, no one's going to take the bus if they don't have to. No. You know. Yeah, they're so. going to get a chauffeur driver. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. So, what kind of music do you personally like? Or are you kind of all over the place? I'm all over the place. I mean, obviously, I'm very uh, rap and hip hop, hip hop centered. But uh, you know, I love classic soul. I love old school funk music. I love R&B. I love, uh, I mean, I grew up on everything, man. I was, you know, as a child in the 80s, I had my Metallica tape and my Easy tape, you know, everything across the board. I, I listened to Nirvana in the 90s. Um, I just, I just like good music, period. And uh, I think that as a DJ, it's our obligation to continue to keep good music surviving and, and, and keeping it out there. I feel like as long as, Great music and great musicians are are being played, then they live forever until they stop being played. Right. I, I see kind of a lull right now. I think the internet is kind of squashed because people aren't bored. Yeah. And a lot of creativity comes from boredom. Absolutely. And so, like, you know, one of my girlfriends was like, how come there can't be a band as good as Led Zeppelin now? And I was like, <laughs> well, come on, it's Led Zeppelin. Yeah, you times know? have changed. They're a super band to begin with, yeah. you know. It's not like they all met down at the pub <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it is interesting. Um, music is just such an integral part of everyone's life, if they know it or not. It's around everywhere. Like yeah. if you went a whole day without music, your you, your brain might stop or this, something. Yeah, this is why I was I, I would say this over and over again. Like literally, who out there doesn't enjoy music? Who doesn't have a favorite genre of music? Who doesn't listen to music every day? And if you do not listen to music, like I feel, you know, no offense, I feel like something's wrong with you. Like seriously. Like, there's so much great music out there. Who doesn't listen to music? It's the one thing that we all are combined and, like, you know, are connected together with. And um, I feel like it's it's something we don't really touch on that much. And I feel as as DJs, you know, now mm -hmm. I know that you're a DJ as well, I feel like we understand that more than anyone else. Yeah, and, there's uh, nothing like playing a song for the first time that nobody's heard and yeah. you see everybody like what is it you breaking know? breaking new music yeah for sure. I, I would love doing that <laughs> because i would just get on world college radio and just yeah. listen to everything and i'd get then i'd ask for a promo you know and yeah. i'm like boom i i played mia i must have been one of the first 10 people to play mia yeah, yeah i told off of the radio I, I told you i told you it was gonna be good i told you it was good you know was, that's that kind of sense of self-satisfaction in that and I honestly, I have a kind of exclusive email list every week. I kind of delve through the newest music because there's so much coming out, especially in the rap music community. You know, a lot of people kind of like, oh, rap, you know, this, this, and this. But what other genre of music is there that is coming out with new stuff constantly all the time? It's not country music. It's not rock now. In the future, rap music is just so easily accessible. And you just have to have a beat and rap over it. Right. And there's so many different artists emerging constantly and all the time and new stuff, innovative things. And, you know, even artists that are established like Kanye West just went and did gospel. You know, he switched the entire format recently. And, 
you know, it's just constantly evolving and interesting and no other genre of music is is matching up to that, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I wish they all were evolving at the same pace, but they're not. Yeah, and it's interesting. It really has um, dictated the trend as well. I mean, who would have thought trap music would just be boring and over i mean yeah. it's just every everywhere like well, you know i i thought that you know <laughs> when i saw the dubstep thing you right. know and saw that come and go right right you know like you can't tell but but certain things are always going to be here to stay you know? right sure like and, the 808 yeah exactly <laughs> the 808 is always going to be here to stay it's always on time yeah <laughs> as it should be right sure yeah. and uh so then um, you prefer rap over hip hop because you know there is a difference, as I'm sure you know. A lot of people kind of lump them together. I'm I'm kind of more hip hop personally. Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of just everything. Right. Um, you don't. The thing is, you know, I'm 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 biased. First of all, mm. you know, obviously, uh, if you guys listened to my last interview here, where I talked about my history, uh, I was involved in the music industry really heavily, and uh, I was you know I was trying to launder money through it, and I was really involved and. Uh, I, I just always had an affinity for gangster rap music and, you know, kind of hardcore rap music. Mm -hmm. And hip-hop rap music is, is great, but, it, you know, certain people, it, doesn't, it just doesn't hit that, that same vibe. Right. And um, I still gravitate towards that, but I have an affinity. I appreciate all rap music, and I appreciate all quality music. You know, but for instance, if I'm in my car, I listen to music, I want to hear something a little... A little bit may, uh, more harder than mainstream. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. What about Aerosmith? Uh, it's funny. My uh, as a kid growing up, my dad would buy me tapes. Um, I, I still remember vividly to this day. And he bought me uh, LL Cool J, Walking with the Panther, um, Beastie Boys, and then uh, Check Your Head, which was an awesome tape, and then Aerosmith. Uh huh. <laughs> and it, it was weird to me, you know, like. I felt like my dad was kind of dictating what direction he wanted me to go in terms of what kind of music I was into. And I got the Aerosmith album, and it, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, they're brilliant music. The reason I bring that up Steven is Tyler. it's one of those bands that yeah. everybody has some weird story or everybody likes. I swear, it's cross cultural. You wouldn't think about it, but yeah. it's like everyone Aerosmith for some reason. Of course. That's. It's weird, but, <laughs> but cool. And, and now, you know, Stephen Tyler's like 70 or whatever he is now. Like, we kind of forget about that. But back then, man, they were really on top of the world, you know, and they were really on top of everything. And I mean, Stephen Tyler, I, I'll be shocked if we see another rock star of that magnitude in our lifetime. I think the rock star is kind of over. Um, yeah. There's I now I, there's this band called Primal Scream that a lot of people don't know about in America. I think that guy might have been the last real rock star. Yeah. Looks like a rock star. He lives like a rock star. He married a supermodel. <laughs> you know, I mean, just boom. But I I just don't see how that's going to happen. <laughs> that's and that's what we want. We want our rock stars to be like all the way with it. You know, not just the image. Oh yeah, not just the music. You know, we want them to be complete. When my album came out uh, about four years ago and with all the cover design and working with the team, I was like, I'm not the boy next door. That's what's going on here. Yeah. Like I want to be that I want to be presenting myself as that classic kind of star, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I was glad everybody went with it. It was a beautiful cover. I was it was shot in the uh, offices of Stella McCartney in Tokyo, okay, with uh, me playing guitar and then a nude woman reading a book. So it looked like 
this is what happens every morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, wake Beautiful up, shot. naked, read a book. Right, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm learning all sorts of interesting things about you today, yeah, man. We're I'm interviewing busy. each other, yeah. <laughs> well, it's nice to get to know it's you, really, by the way, as well. Yeah, it's only been three or four times, but we got a vibe. I like it. Yeah, I'm here to stay. I'm going to be here as much as humanly possible as long as you guys let me keep coming back. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's about it. We uh, um, get to learn more about you and uh, get your uh, your opinions on uh, what's going on in the industry and everything. Yeah. Um, I like that you're so focused personally. It's something that um, I think I could get you to rub off on me a little more. That's right. We could all be a little more focused and uh, and keep our head in the game. So it's you've got so much going on and uh, still able to do it. It's impressive. Thank you, man. And, you know, I try to lead by example. Like, life is not a game. You know, a lot of people pretend it is, but when you really look at things, do you want to Do you want to amount to something in life? Do you want to accomplish something? It's it's out there waiting for you, you know. Just, you don't have to play video games and smoke weed and go to the same restaurants every day. You could focus. You could take risks, chances, and and really take yourself to that next level. If you really, truly have that drive, and believe in yourself, please take it all the way, you know, because death is, death is guaranteed, you know, life is what you make it and, and we got to make it, you know, we're here right now, me and you trying to make it. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I couldn't think of better closing words. So <laughs> thank you so much. And this has been the Felony Inc. with uh, DJ Dick Hennessy and Alon here, too. Uh, coming up next is going to be the Latino Founder Hour. So keep your ear on the stream. Uh, Felony Inc. is every Friday at 10 a.m. And we'll be seeing you real soon. All right. I'll be back next Friday. Today's episode of the Felony Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, such as press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.